everyone. This is Austin Schur here with We Write About Music. And today I am thrilled to be speaking with Brenda Carsey. She has just released a fantastic new record called Cognizance. And I'm super excited to talk to her all about it. Brenda, I want to sincerely thank you for taking the time out of your busy life to be here. How are you doing today? I am doing so good. And honestly, my pleasure. I love people who give a shit that I'm alive. So that's great. <laughs> I give all the shits. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so you got this new record out. And let me just, I mean, obviously not the first one to say it, but the first one maybe today. I love it. Um, mm -hmm. I listened to it a couple times through. And as I mentioned before we started recording, it's just like filled with sincerity and passion mm -hmm. and love. And you can really tell that the person behind it which is you, truly like loved making it. Um, it's not one of those manufactured displays of music that we get so much nowadays. Um, and so through that long-winded intro, I the first thing I really want to hear from you is like, what is it about? Is it a series of small intimate stories or is there one overarching message? Right, I just first of all want to say thank you sincerely because that was so sweet. You're welcome. <laughs> um, it was just, um, some of them are, are personal stories, but I feel like compared to a lot of my past albums, this is my first album that's very um, outside of me in regards to subject matter. And it was much more observational about what I was seeing and experiencing and feeling and hearing from like friends of my life stories and just witnessing the world around me unfolding as it has been the last couple of years. Um, right. And then just my own personal experience. So it's, it's a little bit of everything, but a lot more outside of the body and a lot more um even the personal things I write about are more um oh what's the word like like something that anyone could relate to an experience as opposed to like right. writing specifically only about me you know what I mean which I've done tons of times on past albums yeah of course I mean listen I think that it, at least like in the past two years there's one common ground that everyone can find we don't need to talk about that but I think just like generally in writing music, people will try their hardest to connect the dots within your words, no matter what. Obviously, yes. you can't yeah. write an entire record that caters to everyone because you're writing from personal experience. But I think as a listener who takes the time, they're going to go out of their way to really be like, I understand what she's saying. And you sort of provide like a shoulder to lean on in that sense. Thank you. It's well, just... It was, so, and because in regards to the, you said like me not doing like a hyper manufactured or like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't cater the record to like a modern sphere. Right. And like a lot of people tell me it's very old fashioned sounding or like, yeah. like very like musical theatery, which I was like, there's actually a modern word for that, which is chamber pop. I'm like, that's actually, <laughs> right. that's a genre. So I was like, but I, I did, I just, it was the first time in my entire life that so it's my second um full like studio album meaning I didn't record it in my bedroom like I actually <laughs> went somewhere and did it so it's the second time in my career that I've done that and I knew that I wanted to have a Beatles-esque experience where I rented the entire studio awesome. for a chunk of time and like no one else was going to go in there no one else's gear nothing was being taken down or reset up so it was just my space for nine days and however much we could accomplish and however many people I can get in there, because that's what I could afford. I was like, nine days is my cap. Um, that's like eight more days than normal. So that was that was it. Just like having that, because that's a very old fashioned thing, too, I think, to have. Extremely. Just Nowadays, like, yes. Yeah. Like access to a studio and just like 
just this really big production. I mean, it wasn't, it's huge, but it's not like literally huge. It's not like orchestral, sure. you know, film, film huge, but it was such a blast. And I am, it was so much work doing that nine days straight, a, a little bit regret it, especially vocally a tiny bit, but it was just so much fun just being completely immersed yeah. in that and having like these incredibly talented people in the Los Angeles um, instrumentalists community come in and just be badass like that's the best no I mean like listen I'll, I'll say I'll be the first to say like I'm not a musician but a dream of mine is to sit in on one of those sessions I oh. feel like as an artist there's nothing more that makes it real than being in the studio especially nowadays when we sort of live our lives online and everything is very curated to social media there's nothing more that kind of defeats the imposter syndrome instead of like being there like I'm doing this I am here and we are making music from scratch I yes. think it has to be the most one of the most rewarding feelings yeah okay next time I will invite you first of all of and then and <laughs> that I did have a couple people sit in on the session sure. for fun um and then the second thing I feel like I should like drop this now is I did film the entire making of the album I was, gonna um, I was like that's too good of an opportunity we, <laughs> We filmed everything. And then the problem was, is I, my brain was like, we should absolutely film this in 4k, all of it, like nine days worth of like the amount of footage and the, the size of the files is immense. And it was so large that the laptop that I have was incapable of even allowing me to view it. Like I couldn't process the length and the scope of these videos. So I eventually, it took me literally like over a year and I finally had the files converted to 1080 just so I can like look at them. Sure, sure. <laughs> So hopefully that will come out this year, um, but it's like huge and I don't know what I want to do with it. And hey, listen, I, I yeah, and there was someone I, yeah. 40 yeah. years from now when you're accepting your lifetime achievement award, oh, you're going to have all, you're going to have an external hard drive worth of these little tidbits of you as a young adult figuring it out and it's going to be those with a, with a mask yeah obviously with really really long hair it's yeah. so weird because someone it, holding your hand up the stage yeah but i but the point is is that should hopefully come out this year okay. and sooner than later but i i'm the one who's going to end up editing it because oh, of but because of budget stuff and also because the person i really wanted to do it I don't think is going to be available because I, I really want like a creative style short film. Sure. I'm not just a, like a straightforward documentary. So I was like, I'm going to just end up having to do this. Otherwise it's going to cost me thousands of dollars. Independent musician play 101. Yeah. Well, wait, <laughs> um, I want to take a little bit of a closer look into this record because through my couple listens, um, we sort of touched on it. There's so many different styles and genres and just different things that arise like it's not one thing it's not just pop it's not just chamber pop there really is so much going on so no better person to hear it from you what's the elevator pitch for this record for someone that has not listened that is going man i have like forced myself into an r&b soul progressive pop box that's what i would say more because it, it is classic songwriting in the sense that there's like a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, et cetera. It is very formulaic in regards to that. So that's where that pop element comes in. And I am like a very, you know, theatrical, like clear worded kind of poppy singer, yeah. um, jazzy, soulful singer. But, but yeah, but everything else, it's just like, because I love albums. It gives right. you so much space to have 
the journey, right? So it doesn't need to be single, 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 a brand, um, you know, like where everything needs to be similar because it's like finding that congruency amongst all the things you're releasing. It's just, it's more like a novel, right? You have like the beginning of your character and you have like the development of everything that's happened to them over the course of the time of writing the book or the record. And then like this grand conclusion, right? With a lot of pain in the middle and a lot of like struggle and like some joy at the end and some joy at the beginning or like a, like, you know, like the, I started the record off with the two songs I did because they're the only two that actually specifically talk about myself um, and everything else from there kind of goes to societal and to everything else. So it is, it's a journey, man. It's a journey. And I, as a songwriter, I write in all the genres. I can't help myself. Um, so I just picked the ones that I felt would at least like complement one another and would make sense as like a journey of a record, you know. If only you could see the notes on my screen right now. It's basically the same thing. Like whenever I do these, I always slightly worry, am I experiencing this differently than the artist who made it? Not that it would be a slap in the face, but everyone experiences every piece of art different. What did you write? No, the first thing I have is the cohesiveness. Truly, mm. it is an album experience. It's not just it's not just lead single, filler track, filler track, second single that's super catchy and stands out and then the rest fall off. You truly have curated an experience for the listener that comes in waves of emotion and storytelling and your dynamic vocals. Like it really does take you on a journey and an adventure mm-hmm. as opposed to Thank just you. like here's 30 minutes and 10 minutes is great and 20 is just fine like it's, <laughs> it's not like that at all which is such a refreshing Aww. thing especially in parties. yeah and this is like a this could be a three-hour conversation I mean you know as, as good as anyone having a single is all about you know playlist sharing and that's what Spotify prefers but it feels so rare nowadays for someone to actually create an album that's over 45 minutes mm-hmm. for someone to listen to. I don't know if it's how you were raised and what you were, what the parents had on in the car or whatever it might be, but it could be because of that. Who knows? My parents were, um, well, I grew up in like um, classical music and in the sense that I was in like band and orchestra and I did like, 11 years or whatever it was in total of choir and like competitive choir and all that so there's a lot of that and then my household actually didn't really listen to music almost ever it's really depressing that's a whole other conversation (laughs) but but when they did listen to music my dad would always put on literally either mariachi music or classical music and do and do crossword puzzles to them on Sundays and then my mom like loves musicals and loves Barbra Streisand like I think she'd be okay with me saying those two things, like loves those two things so much. Yeah. So that's definitely very clearly part of my my early, early influence, like my four-year-old, five-year-old self. No, our, I think our moms would get along. My mom's yeah. <laughs> No joke. Barbara was a staple in the car. Really? Oh, yeah, whether you liked it or not. Love it. Was, I love it. Was, uh, she was there. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> I love that so much. I love it. She's amazing. She's she is amazing. She's a very bizarre woman, but she's very, Legend. very talented. Yes. But what artist isn't weird or different or anything? Like it's not a prerequisite, but like it helps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Crafting yeah. art. Um, so I, I do want to know. You mentioned this is your second album that you created in the studio. 
what are some things, I guess some building blocks or some knowledge that you pulled from the first time around that you applied to this time around? Um, one is patience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. To do something uh, large, you have mm -hmm. to have the patience to have time to ponder and um, opportunity for foresight and contemplation of like um, all of the possibilities of things that could occur and the, all the things which are out of your control, all the things that, all that kind of stuff. So um, one was just making like an obnoxious schedule. Like the schedule I made, it's an Excel spreadsheet that's color coded. And I'm like this day from this time to this time, these instrumentalists are coming in. And this time to this time, it's very much like, I, uh, like a true producer, like a type of film producer where I just, you know, location scouting food, like curating, like schedule timetables, all, all that stuff just takes a lot of time. I think as an independent artist, I'm, I will say I'm available for hire as a producer if people yeah. need help, but. Um, I mean, you have to be organized. That's the first thing. It's, it's so really. involved, you gotta be on the ball. Like, that, was the, that was the other thing I was gonna say. It's like, number one, like um, when you're working with organic musicians and organic sounds and not digital sounds, like, um, like electronic music and stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of it is your willingness to, to trust much like any, any business, if you're hiring good employees or whatever, but like in music, you're like, you, you're working with people that you trust and you, for myself, at least I acknowledge that it's going to be what it's going to be because of who is there and like completely detaching myself from the expectation of how exactly it's supposed to sound is exciting to me. I really like that organic process of seeing what's going to happen and what's going to unfold. Um, so I would say, oh yeah, so patience, obnoxious organization. So give yourself as much time as you need to do that. Um, and then like hire people or work with people that you genuinely trust, um, not to like coddle you and give you exactly what you want, but to like give them space to be their best self so that your best self can also shine. You know, I think that's just like a, metaphor for how we should be alive as people but I agree yeah um, I think another thing is obviously you've been doing this a while but just surrounding yourself with people that aren't gonna lie to your face you know it's so nice to be able to surround yourself with yes people who are just like you're doing a great yeah. job I'm not gonna tell you the truth and I think especially for you for someone that's so immersed into it all you kind of maybe become blinded you know you hear the same song a thousand times and it starts to hear different or sound different and you mm -hmm. begin second guessing and you sort of need to have you know a producer or someone else to be like hey you know I love you and I want this to sound like this and just to be honest mm -hmm. so. yeah yeah Absolutely. Having, I will say just for my, only for myself, like I, I am the producer, like both musically and like uh, more in a production literal way. Um, okay. I am really confident about stuff like that, but like a good producer is like, especially like, for example, with like a guitarist, like an electric guitarist or like a solo or like a drum fill thing. It's like, you're just like more being like, yes, a little more or no, a little less. And you're putting trust in everybody else, but you're like, it's more like, painting moments instead of painting these like really specific black line and color in this space here and color in this space here it's a lot more figurative and a lot more loose you know totally I, I think it. that that makes a good producer I think um so now that this record is out and about and people can listen is there any plans for touring or any 
shows anything <sighs> you'd like to plug in that sense i absolutely i'm so Last year, just briefly, I released four singles from the album and did like these huge shows and have been very strategic. And I just released this album three weeks ago and did like a gigantic show in Los Angeles with an 11 piece band. And it was fantastic. I had the best time. Um, Where I'm at at the moment is absolutely, I will absolutely tour this record and I will figure something out. Right now, I am trying to fundraise a bit on the front end to be able to help me I'm not doing like a crowdfunding thing or stuff like that at the moment but I have like a lot of merchandise that people can buy on Bandcamp that will just be reinvested back into things like going on tour um there was a job that I had uh at the top of the year and I lost that job so I lost like a third of my income it was one of one of many things that I do so it kind of postponed some of my some of my plans but uh, TBA but yes. Cool. cool. And that's fine. There's no rush. You do things at your own pace and that's... I know, but I want to go now. I really do. It will happen though, yes. which sort of brings me to my next question in a way. Um, we're very much still at the top of the year, it feels like. And although you sort of detailed how 2023 is going to look, what are some lofty goals that you'd like to hit hopefully by year's end? I would love to make my first return to New York and Nashville and like some of my favorite places that I haven't been to since before the shutdown, which is not so. Um, I used to go there once a year, every year for like half a decade um, at least. So I would like to make my return to some places that I love, like both on tour and just as an existing person. I would love to secure like an opening slot on a more renowned artists tour or even like a few show dates. Um, I would really like to play locally the Troubadour in Los Angeles. I still have not done that quite yet. Um, so I would like to convince them to trust me <laughs> and that I'll, and that I'll do a good job and put on a good show and like fill it up with people. Um, yeah. And then honestly, I already have like my next singles, like ready to go, like not like recorded or anything, but written. Sure. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that at all. You really seem like the person that's like, okay, well, we're done with that. <laughs> On to the next thing. <laughs> I know. I know. The hardest thing is being like, okay, so even though I've been working on this for three years, yeah. every single person in the world is like, so it just happens. So what are you doing for the next three years? And you're like, oh crap. <laughs> right. It's always the the new thing. The next thing. Yes. It's like, yes. can you just appreciate the amount of hard work I put into the stamp? Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes, please. Yeah. Oh, and I, I am working on like um a radio like campaign for the first time ever so hopefully it'll be on the radio wherever you guys live soon like um that's something I've never done so we're just kind of like taking gambles on things that I've never tried to do one because to be honest one I I think I, I mean we could go in on this if you really want Austin but I I don't think that the way that the music industry is structured to um, penalize the artists meaning that the independent artists, especially like we have to pay for every single thing and everyone else who's a professional deserves to get paid for. And that's like the radio solicitor and like your, their PR person, your playlist person, and your even like press people. Like, I, and like, I think everyone should fucking get paid. So it has nothing to do with me not thinking people should totally, be paid yeah. for it. But it's so fascinating that it all falls on the shoulders of the artist who absolutely has less money out of every single person I just named there but we are expected to front the bill make the art 
pay everyone and make everything happen and learn how to be a photo editor, a video editor, a, like um, a producer, a, a mixer, and like all these all these fascinating roles. And I, I do think it's a bit off skew and nonsensical to me. I do feel like it'd be, it would make more sense to me to like have the culture of the United States of America appreciate artists and creatives more and offer an opportunity for those, um, for, for artists to be supported because society at large appreciates art and music and those like reflections of society that we can like process feelings and like understand the world through and like thusly have money to pay for the capitalistic part of all that art, which is like for people to push it in people's faces. But right. it's crazy that we're the ones paying for everything. It makes no sense at all. I, I'm right there with you and I fully agree. And I've thought about this, like, and I've had a thousand conversations and there's really not one definitive solution. I mean, yeah. just like the short answer is at least for the US's sake, it's all about how can the government profit off of this? And I think they've made yeah. it clear that arts as a whole is not as important as it used to be, or if it really ever was, things have kind of gotten outrageous. In yeah, that. I think what it, I think America's really good at, um, um, well, I mean, capitalism is really what it is because at a certain point, like you have to make the transition from being an artist who's live as an artist to if you would like to do that full-time or professionally, you have to basically turn yourself, your, your, your name, your entity, whatever, into a business. Right. And that transition is so bizarre and uncomfortable the first time you start going through this. And I think that that's why people expect you to pay for everything because they're like, well, you're not just an artist, you're a business, right? So this name, this brand name, this whatever performance name means that you have employees, you have this, you have that. But at an independent level, at a small level, you're expected and held to the same standards of expectation without the resources, without the access, without um, assistance and all those things. Um, so it, it makes it, you have to have a lot of tenacity. <laughs> That's why people say you have to have thick skin, I think, if you're independent, because at a certain point, yeah, you're just, do I do it myself? And I was going to say in regards to like um, the United States and art, I think that I think there's a lot of people who love art, but like the culture of like our country, like in this gigantic generalized yeah. homogenous blob statement would be that majority of people who are not artists and don't participate in that field and are just like the receivers of that mm -hmm. care more about um, like iconography is not the right word, but like care about icons. We yes. care about like um, obsessing over the entertainer and placing the entertainer and being entertained above the thing, the art that was made, right? And a mass, yeah. like a, a vast majority of people just generally don't care how anything is made. They're just mm. consumers. Like they yeah. have their own lives and whatever to worry about. And it's just like, I guess I'll just open Netflix and see what the new thing is. But they're not trained yeah. in the entertainment side of it or just don't care. So, right. And sometimes I have to like, we have to remind ourselves in parts of the creative industry that you're like, I mean, I don't know about every other professional field either. Sure. So I'm like, I don't, I don't expect them to know like how much it takes, but I, I have been, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I have been toying with the idea of uh, possibly releasing like a video series about like, I'm as low on the ladder of like being well-known in the industry or whatever as possible. 
like I have experience and I have knowledge and I have like, I'm not at the beginning of that journey, but I'm still like an unknown individual. And it's, and I, I bet I would blow people's minds, like the tens of thousands of dollars I've spent the last couple of years, like down payment on a house amount of money, like 50 grand. And people are like, wait, really? Like at your level years. And I'm like, yeah, that's how much it takes to make good stuff happen. Exactly. It's crazy. I support it um, fully. I mean, you know how to do it. It's really just getting all the graphics done and laying out your bills, I suppose, so much more. But like, I do think that the general public needs to know. I think that at some point they do care. And if it was Mm -hmm. presented to them as they're scrolling on their phone, they would stop and watch. Um, But yeah, always looking for definitive solutions. Yep. (laughs) Well, I have one more question for you. Okay. That's how I like to wrap these up. Basically, the question is, is for the person that is going to discover you from this, what is an opening message that you'd like to say to them before they listen to your music for the first time? Oh, man. Um, Sexy, sultry, soulful honesty (laughs) is what what you're in tune for. It is as organic and sincere as probably this interview has felt (laughs) that's what i'm going for yeah it's a it's a vibe man it's always like everything that i do i try to make it of a good vibe a good time and also filled with like sincerity and thoughtfulness so i hope that people can find um enjoyment in in that i think they will and I can confidently back it up that I, I fully am propping this record up. So please give me the opportunity to plug it for you one more time here. Um, if you guys missed it the first time around, the record is called Cognizance. We will have the links in our article and everywhere so you can listen and share and follow along and just generally stay tuned. It sounds like there's a ton more coming one way or another in 2020. Yes. <laughs> if you have not heard Brenda Carsey's music, now is the time. And Brenda, I sincerely want to thank you for really being open and honest and Thanks. you know, just having a conversation that seems normal instead of just like canned answers because it really is a nice change of pace. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me and for like listening and participating in this conversation that went all over the place. <laughs> okay, you're very welcome. Um, I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I hope to speak thank soon. Thank you. Thanks. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.